Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode. I am your host, as always, Jeff Lambert. I am joined by my partner in crime, Rogelio Rodriguez. Rod, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Jeff. And I don't know about you, Rod, but I am very excited today. We have a special guest on the show with us. She is a teaching professor at Florida International University in the Department of Marketing and Logistics, and she has some great information to share with us today about predictive communication and survey design. Dr. Wendy Guess. Dr. Guess, thank you so much for taking some time to come on the show. Hi, gentlemen. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm glad to be here. Now, I am so excited to hear about your journey because as I was looking uh, at your history and your your educational and experience background on LinkedIn, I kept thinking, this is a really interesting journey that you've had to the point where we're sitting down to discuss this in your life. And before we get started, I'd love the chance for you to share a little bit about your journey into marketing and business. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. So, yeah, it is, it is quite an unusual journey, I suppose, or an eclectic one anyway. Uh, growing up, I was always involved in events, and with events, you have to have flyers and brochures and posters, and, and so just naturally had a connection to promotional activities. Uh, then with, with my performing background in ballroom and folk dance, again, it's all about how you phrase it if you will, or how you get people onto that dance floor when it comes to performing and teaching and choreographing and grab and choreographing kind of works on what's the message we want to share and how do we go about sharing it with the audience. So from those perspectives, along with my anthropology and health and wellness background, it just kind of naturally gravitated towards marketing. I think I heard you mention right before the show, it's like a, you need marketing for every facet, right? You need to be able to spread the message. So uh, I think that, that <laughs> exactly. resonated with me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, they often say, or I've heard it said over the years, you know, that every business is a marketing business that just specializes in certain products. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's how I feel about every, every uh, business we interact with. Can you go a little bit uh, deeper into your philosophy? of of uh of interacting with businesses well yeah so as we said businesses are there to for a purpose and for a service or a product they're there to connect with their customers and hopefully in today's world salt continue solving problems that the customers are have having i think especially as we move on from the covid time or whatever we want to call this Coronaville time, that you know, that's going to become even more of an issue, right? Or even more of a factor in that we've had a few months to kind of go, what are we really doing here? And do we need this level of consumerism, if you will, that we've experienced in the past? I, I not to get into prediction mode, but I think we're really going to start seeing that people are going to look at companies differently and 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 want more substance from those companies and not just cheap products. And marketing really is all about adapting to the situation. And like you said, we're seeing a major shift, I think, not only in how businesses reach out and interact with their audiences, but even how audiences interact with these these brands that they come to know and support. The whole game is changing right before our eyes. And exactly. 
exciting times to be in marketing. (laughs) Absolutely. Because we're all going to have to stay on top of what's working because what was working even 10 months ago may not be the case in 60 days from now. It's, it's, It's a scary thought, but it's also an exciting thought at the same time. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it's like every time we have a major shift, whether it's a, a technology shift or, or an economic shift or a recession, you know, anytime there's a major shift, we start seeing some businesses kind of didn't stay with the wave and, and they, they're now gone. Uh, for example, you know, not to keep picking on the poor Kodak moments and the blockbusters, but now Sears and Pennies and some that were staples in our U.S. economy and lifestyle generations are now, you know, are now facing a whole different level of how do we keep up? It's true. Or and do it, we keep up? Or, or do, do we become me? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> If you had told someone 50 years ago and jumped in a time machine and said, both Sears and JCPenney are both going to be dead companies within, you know, a 40 to 50 year span, people would have thought you were crazy what? because they cornered the market. They, they were the two big kids on the block. <laughs> they were the market. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's true. Right. So that brings us to, you know, you, you've pioneered two different uh, strategies that I wanted to talk about that we could give to people who want to really take a step forward in connecting with their customers. The first one, and I think there's a lesson here of what we can take from the past and move forward with, you you have a, a strategy philosophy uh, overall about the essential elements of interaction. Can you talk to us mm-hmm. a little bit about what that is? Sure. So like uh, from my background in, in anthropology, I was drawn to that because I wanted to understand, I guess, and learn more about how businesses, how cultures, how people, how basically the world was engaging or interacting with each other, communicating with each other or not. And I started seeing patterns, if you will, of of that process. And then from my experience, my performing experience with ballroom dance and social or folk dance, uh, you know, the whole spectrum of dance, I uh, experience like there's this silent language, if you will, of communicating and interacting and, and how you connect with either that line dance or circle dance or partner dance, how all of those, you know, there was just sort of this unwritten language as you connect with another person. And then from my wellness and fitness experience that kind of went just hand in hand with dance. That, you know, there's this other level of interacting that includes the mind with the body or the body with the mind and not just, you know, verbal communication or written communication. So from there, I kind of noticed these these universal themes, if you will, for living. And that's why I decided, well, this this sounds kind of like there's this, there are some basic elements that, that guide our interactions with everything that we do. And those basic elements are kind of creating meaning or order, uh, connecting. And that's like that networking and building rapport, uh, working on those both personal relationships and community relationships. And then master, which is, you know, mastering ourself, our inner dialogue, our, our motivation, all those things that go on inside here that consume us sometimes. It sounds like you, you're really 
keying in on the fact that historically we're a social species, that we want to connect with each other in that superficial approach that sometimes shows up in marketing where you get these impersonal emails here, add this link to your website and I'll add my link to yours. You know, that kind of just, you know, that, that skimming the top, I'm doing the bare minimum. I don't really care about what you're doing. I just want to get mine. That that's mm-hmm. really not a good way to, to build relationships with other businesses or with customers. No, and I see this a lot, unfortunately, on LinkedIn, where you have the the hunters, if you will, running around grabbing all of these different LinkedIn connections, and then immediately send a message, hey, I've got this great business, why don't you join? But uh, maybe maybe you want to tell me who you are first. Uh, You know, it's like, not to use a a graphic description, but it's kind of like, hey, (laughs) You know, let's get married before we even introduce ourselves. It's true. Absolutely. And brands care about that. Rod, we we take that approach as well. Like we want to know who our customers are and they want to know who we are. You know, when you're investing and you're putting money into something, people want that relationship. Absolutely. I, I use that example often actually when I'm when I'm having conversations with uh clients or or anybody, you know, when when you're asking for information on a website, it's just you can't ask for too much in the beginning. It's like asking them to get married on the first date, right? Like that's that's what right. I right. You know, it's like, are you going to be the Tinder or are you going to be the eHarmony kind of <laughs> right? Or the old-fashioned dating, you know? Right, right. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I read uh, on 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 your profiles uh, about predictive communication. Would you be uh, kind <laughs> to share some information about predictive communication with us? Sure, of course. Uh, so that was, I guess you could say, kind of an extension of this idea of the the elements of interaction in the sense that too often we have communication that's just sort of random. Like, you know, you've probably spent felt like in the past you've spent like way too much time answering the same emails over and over and over again, the same questions you've probably gotten emails or received emails that were like, just, you know, a whole book when you really just needed one snippet of information. Or maybe you're receiving like unrelated emails from businesses. Uh, I notice a lot now with retargeting and and all of the AI technology that's going on in marketing is that <laughs> we, you know, the companies are like, oh yeah, they've been to our site. And then they start sending you things to buy and you're, you're kind of going, um, I just bought that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, hello. Uh, and then... And then also sometimes you're getting too much information, not enough information, or it's it's the time of that information, right? It, it's sent out a month in advance and you really needed it like two days in advance. And so then it gets lost in your email box, et cetera. So I started looking at this idea based on the concept of predictive commun- uh, predictive analytics, you know, which is like using data to kind of predict when you do things or what forecast when are good times to to do different marketing decisions and said well you know we this could be applied to our communication style too because right now we're like just overwhelmed with tmi (laughs) right too much information all over the place Mm -hmm. and so it's really really helpful to think about planning the design of your communication so that it makes sense for the customer. So it's kind of the, I I kind of look at four areas, like 
or four questions you could say to ask when you're planning a communication process or an autoresponder process is what am I really delivering? Like, not just about the product, but what am I really giving them? Am I giving them something about, you know, brand connection? Or am I giving them something more related to the product or to just, you know, another um, general message, right? What am I really delivering with this communication? And then I'm looking at um, also how do they really feel about whatever it is I'm delivering? For example, something about a product. Uh, What do they think about it? And maybe that's a great time to ask in a survey type format or some kind of a survey market research. You know, it's like we want to understand how you're using the product, how you're thinking about it. What is it doing for you? What what concerns or what are you noticing that we could help improve upon the product? Things like that. And then the third question is also like related to the product or service. What is it they really need to know about it? So I, I think of the example of uh, one one time recently I purchased something online, and during the shipping time, between the time of the order and the time I received it, they send out a couple of emails like, "Okay, great, you just bought this product. Well, let us tell you a little bit more about you know, how we're getting your product ready and where it's coming from and the timing and all of that. And then they sent another email with, hey, so you've probably seen some different instructions on how to use this problem or this product. So here's here's our suggestions for how you use this product or how you set it up. And I thought, well, wow, that's that's really what I'm thinking about right now. So perfect. You read my mind. Right. And then the last one, the last question is kind of when, and this is about timing, when do they really need this info? Hmm. And that has to do with more of like when you send what? Like, obviously, directly after an order, you want some kind of confirmation. Okay. So then do you wait another day, two days, however long to, to say something more about the product? So that that timing becomes really essential. And I've also noticed this with my own students. If I send them the whole course up at the beginning, you know, it's Mm -hmm. gone. But if I give them the relevant pieces at the relevant time, for example, hey, this assignment is now open. So here's some things you need to know about this assignment. And then... I've answered a ton of questions right when they were thinking about those questions. And so, you know, for me, it's like, great, because it reduces the overall um, emails that, that we're having to exchange back and forth. And sure. so same with, with customers and companies. Yeah, it's important to be contextual. Like you said, you know, giving the right information or the right help or asking the right questions at the right time. You know, and I'd like to jump into that a little bit. And I want to talk to you about how you make your feedback engaging so people actually want to talk to you and give you that feedback so you can do better at providing that predictive communication. But I want to go over the boring thing first. And it might not be boring to you and me because we're both from educator backgrounds. But the the part that no one likes to pay attention to sometimes is the research method, thinking about how you want to get that feedback. 
and do it in a way that it's actually constructive. You can do true and false, yes and no, all these different approaches. There's qualitative, mm-hmm. quantitative. It's important, right? The approach that you put together. Yes. And and I think one of the things that I find most personally re- fun about education is, is taking the terms and making sense out of them for students or for, you know, my audience, if you will. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, it's like, okay, I don't, at the, at the end of the day, when you go work, we don't care if you know what the terms are. We care if you know what to do with them. And so that's kind of my philosophical approach, if you will, of, of, yeah, we've, in your undergraduate degree, you got to learn a lot of terminology, but every industry has a set of terminology and lingo that's unique, right? So you want to be able to sound like you can speak the lingo, but then it's more important to understand what you're doing that and how that's guiding your day-to-day functions, right? You know, look at marketing. Like, do you know what the the ROI of the (laughs) click-through rate and the, 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 you know, it's like uh, people that aren't dealing with marketing and, and we've had students from other degrees as well and, and clients that I work with from who are dealing with their, their business. And they're like, what, (laughs) what language are you speaking? So it's important, you know, for one, that we speak the language of the user or that, that client. So again, got some more questions, but when you're looking at that research method, it's, it's really important to go what to ask yourself, what am I really trying to find out? What am I really needing to know? And that, that basically then tells you what kind of information to gather. So we'll, we'll use that instead of research because of all that baggage. But we're always gathering information, right? Whether it's about the industry, about our company, about our product, about our buyers. You know, we need information. And so surveys and questions are a great way to start gathering that information as well as asking Google, because, you know, Google knows all, right? (laughs) It's getting there. (laughs) (laughs) So they think. (laughs) All knowing. (laughs) Yeah, but it's like, it's one source, or it's, you know, one of many sources. Yes. So first, it's like, what is it you really want to know? Are you trying to figure out how your brand is doing? Are you trying to figure out how, you know, what your customers think about a product, or how they're using the product? Or are you trying to, uh, you know, put a bonus ability on your sales force, sales force or sales staff. Uh, you know, so from that perspective, we need to know what we want to gather. And then we want to basically decide how we're going to understand or gather that information. So are we trying to, for example, give a rating to something or a score like, uh, you know, one to five have you been into our store this past year, right? Or are, are, how did you, you know, how was your experience with the last customer service phone call? So if we want just simply a rating, great. And we all know, I hope we know that numbers can be, uh, numbers are numbers, but how they're skewed and interpreted, <laughs> that goes a whole nother direction, sure. right? So if you've just got a simple rating score, you might, you might then go, well, you know, um, 4.8 stars out of five says we must be doing 
awesome. Right. But then once you go down and you actually read some of those, let's say, reviews on sites, especially like on the entertainment sites, I notice on, for example, Amazon, they'll rate something really low that has nothing to do with the movie itself. They're actually rating the maybe the the delivery or the quality or um there's something didn't work. And so now people are going, Oh, that movie must be bad because it's got a low rating, but really it was nothing to do with the movie itself. Right. So we want to be sure that, you know, we're getting the right kinds of information, but so quantitative, I keep using those finger quotes. Quantitative is when you're trying to create a numerical or a metric or some kind of rating on a product or service, right? But if you want to get deeper into the insights of of what the customer's thinking or what they're feeling about it, then you're going to shift to what we use in the social sciences called um, qualitative. And you're finding a lot of this being gathered in marketing as well because it helps you get deeper inside a brand. So, for example, you know, you can do just the basic questions. Well, do you use this? Tell me about your experience using this product or service. You know, like, because then you get into the what the person's actually thinking about it. So, you know, an example there is focus groups, right? You gather a few of your best customers together and say, you know, you, you've seen you've seen the growth of this company for, you know, whatever number of years. So tell me what keeps you coming back? What keeps you buying our product? So those are more open-ended questions, but they're going to give you some deeper insights, right? To where you want to go with it. Right. And then I'm just, I'm, (laughs) I think it's, I get excited. Can you tell? Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I'm glad that you're going in that direction. I actually like, while you were talking, I got like, a hundred questions going in my head, but we don't have time. I know. So I will, I will keep to the one that, that has been uh, at least on the top of my mind, right? Because Mm -hmm. we're we're collecting this information for our clients, for ourselves. And and we deal with it also in academia. And and one of the concerns that I have is, is how, especially when it's like a large amount of data that you're gathering, right? Let's stick to qualitative at this point, right? We get answers from like, 500 people do you have a tool right or or something that will help you analyze a little bit faster because i mean i've I've been in the weeds sitting down and analyzing spreadsheets of responses and uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's been a little bit of a such time consuming task that i feel there should be a tool out there and i found a few but i would love to hear your ideas on yeah unfortunately the the tools for qualitative are not as as uh, time efficient sure. <laughs> or any uh, you're going to find the best tools with the quantitative because it's all okay. about delivering those surveys and online surveys which hey that's that's where it's at um, but to your point of looking at a tons of responses uh, there is a way to kind of there is one method that you can use that kind of helps helps you the processor it's actually what I did my dissertation. Um, using, which is called the Delphi method, 
where you you start with one very general question and you can send it out. Now we can send it out via a survey format, but leave it free response. Now you've got, you know, a gazillion answers and then you send it back to the same group, if you will, or additional groups. And you say, okay, so help us understand, do these, do these connect the same way? Do they relate the same way? Do they belong in groups together? Uh, That type of thing, or do they, uh, you know, how would you rate them? Mm -hmm. And then from there, you might do one more round of now rate them again. Here's our, here's our short list. Now rate them. So you might even look at like how you go about choosing employees, you know, from a, a hundred resumes, you take it down to maybe your top five or 10. And then you even narrow it down as you get more clear on what it is, where there's consistencies or not consistencies, who stands out, who... Uh, that type of thing. Um, So from the research, you know, from the qualitative method, one, you get a smaller focus focus group or you send out the broad question and see what comes back and then narrow it down by a rating scale. Got it. Um, But then for tools, like for the quantitative, do we want to go there or? Uh, Yeah, sure. That'll, that'll be great. Yeah. So I find, you know, there's some, there's some, every kind of tool you would want from free to very, very complex. Um, So your freebie one, everybody has access to is Google forms. So it's within the Google drive family, right? And it's, it kind of a very simple form structure where if you want to do an RSVP all the way down to a complete, you know, site registration for some event to, uh, you know, to a, a small, less complex survey of some basic questions. And then it ta- records all the answers on, on a spreadsheet within the Google Drive system. Okay, so then another one that has a little bit more of aesthetic quality is called SoGoSurvey.com. So go another freebie, yay! And then you have kind of that intermediate one with Survey Monkey, which a lot of businesses do use, and it's it's uh, you know on the lower end of, of lower to medium end of paid surveys, but it gives you a lot of flexibility, uh, and you'll see that used in a lot of different settings. And then kind of the what I would say is the Mercedes or the Gold Star is that Qualtrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, XM, I think they're adding, so they're adding to their branding as well. Uh, and that is much more comprehensive. It's used both by academics and businesses. It also have for a fee has availability to, um, to get survey panelists because that's one of the challenges is getting to the right audience. If they're not already in your database, right. or if you're looking at new products, you know, you want to find a brand new audience as well, sometimes. Um, so that one has a lot of the extra bells and whistles that you might find in more uh, of the complex or longer surveys that really get down deep into a topic. Mm-hmm. And then one extra tool that you're going to find a lot in the, in the academic world anyway is the SPSS. And that is like, it's a statistical analytics tool. So when you're getting, you know, when you get down to the crunching the numbers part 
that's where you go there. Well, Dr. Guess, you know, you have written books, you teach, you've spoken at conferences. There's so much more to learn about what you've shared with us today in terms of predictive uh, communication and the elements of interaction. How can our listeners connect with you to learn more about your, your work and uh, what you have to share about marketing effectively? Well, thanks. So probably the, the quickest way is to connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, my LinkedIn profile is Dr. Wendy Guess, D-R-W-E-N-D-Y-G-U-E-S-S. Uh, and then I have a website, drwendyguess.com. And so those are probably the best ways to, to connect. And that's where I do uh, like more of the, the articles that I write related to marketing. And then, you know, if you're, if you're into a whole different uh, category, I also have a podcast as well. Uh, it's less about marketing, but more about that, that idea of the elements of interaction and thinking about how we interact with ourselves, how we become our higher self or the best version of ourself. And that's called indigotent.life. Well, I have a new podcast that I'm going to check out today. So that's perfect. <laughs> yes. Great. <laughs> Dr. Guest, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hopefully we can have you back again on another time. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Good luck yes. to everyone. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Growth Marketing for Martians, a weekly podcast all about tomorrow's business growth tips today. This podcast is brought to you by Risen, a revenue growth firm focused on innovative strategies and proven tactics to help scale your business. Learn more about how they can help you by visiting www.gorisen.com or follow their adventures on social media. Profile links are in the show notes. Thanks for your support and keep on reaching for the stars.